Hostage watch. She was ten minutes early. She took the opportunity to put down the heavy portfolio and straighten the dress she'd made. She loved this dress. Obviously, designing textiles wasn't her first career choice, but Mia had turned out to be pretty darn good at it, if she did say so herself. She was so good, in fact, that when her boss had invited her out to lunch a few weeks ago, Mia had been sure she was finally getting the raise he'd been promising her for over a year. Don was an overweight, lumbering man with oily black hair and wire-rimmed glasses that never sat straight on his face. He took her to lunch at a fast food chain. That should have been her first clue, but ever hopeful, like a too-stupid-to-live princess in a fairy tale, Mia hadn't caught on. And then, between big bites of burger, punctuated by the shoveling of fries, Don said, We're closing the shop. What? Mia had cried, loud enough that the ladies next to them had turned to look at her. I thought I was getting a raise. A raise? Don had chuckled as he stuffed another fry into his mouth. We're barely paying the rent. He dragged a paper napkin across his thick lips. So look, we lost that contract in North Carolina. Something about the percentage of natural fibers in our fabrics wasn't meeting their standard, but whatever, that's way over your head he said with a wave of his meaty fist, ignoring her look of indignation. It was big contract, obviously, so corporate is gonna have to consolidate some things, and this shop is sitting in the most expensive real estate, so... He shrugged and munched on another fry. We're shutting down. But what happens to everyone? Well, I'm moving to Scranton, and the rest of you will have to find new jobs. He said it so matter-of-factly, as if it were nothing for the little group of misfits who designed couch fabrics to find new jobs. Mia thought of Charles with his brown bag lunches and e-reader, and Maureen, the obese diabetic who baked cookies every weekend and brought them to the shop on Mondays. Maureen designed the most intricate, beautiful patterns. And what about David and Jean and Asmara? Where would they go? The injustice had left Mia speechless. Look on the bright side. Don had said, pausing to stifle a belch. You're getting two weeks severance. You're kidding. Considering my paltry hourly wage, that's not a bright side, Don. He shrugged. Take it or leave it. Yeah, well, Mia had no choice but to take it. And then she'd spent every day searching for a job that was even remotely artistic. She'd applied to teach a weaving class, to be a gallery receptionist, a graphic designer, and even a bookbinder, but no one wanted her. No one cared about her art portfolio. Employers cared only about her experience answering phones or designing websites. Well, Mia didn't have that sort of experience. She didn't have any experience other than art school and textile design. No, wait, that wasn't fair. She was pretty good at bussing tables. Her brother Derek had pointed that out. You can wait tables for mom and dad at the bistro. You know how to do that. As Mia had spent all her teenage years doing exactly that, it was absolutely the last thing she wanted to do. It had all looked very hopeless until the day the cosmic powers of life had delivered this interview to her. What was that saying? That a person had to be completely torn down to be built up again? Mia liked the idea that her life had been deconstructed, and that after today, she would get the chance to construct it in a way she'd wanted for a very long time. Okay, she said to herself. Here goes nothing. She clutched her hat and jogged confidently across the street.
She was directed to the tenth floor, apartment B. The elevator opened up to a long hallway. Overhead, two small gold chandeliers illuminated the path to the door of the apartment. Mia's boots were absolutely silent on the thick hallway carpet as she walked down to the end and knocked lightly with a little brass door knocker. The door swung open and bright sunlight spilled out into the hall, blinding her for a moment. A young man with doe eyes and plump lips, tight pants, and a lock of gold hair over his brow stood before her. He smiled. Mia Lassiter? Yes. She juggled her portfolio and clumsily extended her hand. Lord, she had to outweigh this Ken doll by thirty pounds. I'm Vincent, he said, taking her hand in his. His grip was as limp as linguini, his skin as smooth as a baby seal. Please come in. Mia stepped across the threshold and was instantly assailed.